Welcome back to Royology. Just wanted to give a quick thanks to everyone who gave me positive feedback on the first part. You guys are the best. You guys don't know what a relief it was to to get such good vibes back. I was really stressing out just posting the first part, but now I've gained so much confidence from all of you. Well, not all of you, but definitely 95% of y'all got my spirits up. The other 5% wasn't necessarily giving me negative feedback, but definitely felt some passive-aggressive comments, which <laughs> didn't really affect me as much as I thought it would, because, well, whatever you do, good or bad, somebody will always find something negative to say about you, and that's just life. Just stating facts here. Well, let's just get right into it. To set the stage, I'm finally in high school. High school, where self-esteem, innocence, and dreams go to die. <laughs> I'll start around the end of ninth grade. First, let me start off by saying that this is around the time where I found freedom from abuse. Yeah, my, my mom finally got tired of it all, you know, um, for the first time. And for real this time, because I remember she divorced and kicked my stepdad out around my eighth grade year just to bring him back in, you know. Not gonna get into too many details in that situation, but you can only imagine the stress I was in under that time. But the main point of this is that I finally felt free, but sadly I wasn't. I was physically safe and free in a different aspect, but I was mentally caged and trapped. PTSD was real, guys. This was only like the beginning of, of just me healing from all of this. Everything that he defined a man was, or was supposed to be in his head, was beaten into my skull and implanted into my brain. That super alpha male energy, which if you ask me about today, I will tell you how stupid it is. That book, or, or article that you read on the internet, is fucking stupid. And look, I'm not speaking to all the men right now, I'm just sharing my opinion with you guys at this moment. Some alpha males are just toxic. Like, if I can put this into words, toxic alpha mentality is like men talking over other men and thinking that's what makes you important. Instead of protecting and leading your fellow men down the right path, you just look down on them. I'm not speaking for every guy here, because not every guy is terrible, but why is this taught? Being stereotypical male with a lot of toxic traits is so normalized that guys who actually respect women are being called simps and respectful men are being ridiculed by toxic men for not being toxic men. While we're at the subject of like male toxicity, I'm gonna just call it that, I have received so much bad advice from other males. It is always the people that get hurt once that give terrible advice out and they don't even know it because they either believe it's the only way to cope or they actually really do believe that's how it works for everyone. My advice is not to listen to anyone's advice, not even this one. Everyone is different, and everyone lives a different life. It took me years to get away from that trash mindset. Sadly, it felt like it was a decade for me. <laughs> and I can sit here and talk straight up a whole 30 minutes of just this subject alone, but I might just move on from this and do a different podcast on this subject in the future. But this is um, this is me summing up how it was for me and others around me. Like, this was not only my experience, but 
more importantly, the people who were around me felt the same way. They were so scared to speak out about it. But let's move on. During that summer of my first year of high school, I was introduced to three big things. And those three things were porn, sex, and drugs. I'll explain why I separate porn and sex in a sec, but give me a moment. Continuing on, it took me one summer for me to be introduced into a whole new world. I, I knew about this stuff in middle school, but I never experienced it firsthand until ninth grade. I used to lie to my friends and tell them that I watched porn or masturbated to to be a part of the conversation because it was so frequently talked about. And I always felt left out. But now that I look back, high school boys are fucking disgusting. <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to be like them at the time, but I feel like because if you were different, people didn't really want to talk to you or be friends with you. But if you were the same or you have similarities, then it was just too easy to get along with people. But to be honest, people, um, I was uh, I was very scared because I didn't know what to do and how to do it. I had a fear of my mom catching me watching porn on the laptop. It wasn't my laptop. It was like the family laptop. So I didn't have my own laptop at the time. So that, that for me, that was a risky ass move to take if I did it. Also didn't know much about masturbation other than the church told me something about the devil. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that doesn't help me at all. So yeah, it wasn't a priority, but I was very curious at the time, and everybody made it seem to be one of the greatest things that mankind has ever done. <laughs> so one day I tried it out, and it didn't feel good at all. All that hype for one of the biggest disappointments in my life. It made it seem like it was a heavenly feeling, like I was going to ascend into the heavens but it was just uncomfortable release. I wasn't a fan of it no matter how I did it. And porn was just weird to me at one point because, you know, I guess I was a very different kid because I watched it and it just couldn't, I just couldn't watch it for too long. I looked at it and I was like, man, this is, I'm really watching two people I don't know intercourse right now. <laughs> I can't. It's, I keep laughing because this is a funny subject to me, but in all seriousness, I'm pretty sure people go through certain situations like this because it's normal, especially for males and possibly women as well, but it's a, it's a hard subject to talk about because it's a very weird uh, vibe to it, and I'm not going to talk about this part of the um, podcast for so long so trust me it, you won't hear so much of it from me i'm not gonna tell you everything everything but seriously i feel like every kid goes through this at one point because it's just normal curiosity but guys porn isn't real like that isn't real sex sorry guys but your nurse isn't going to check your pulse down there and sorry ladies the pizza guy isn't going to give you the tip it's the other way around there is so much more that goes into it like consent lube uh real communication and protection i wish they had like legit educational sex ed videos on the internet back then i'm pretty sure they have something out there now but since since this takes 
place in the past we were going to keep the conversation at that time frame like i said i'm not going to touch on the subject too much but i do have a couple things to say before i move on number one move at your own pace don't let nobody pressure you into doing something that you're not comfortable with number two doesn't matter when you lose your virginity but i do recommend at least you're 18 years old at the time before attempting that act you know i know you're not gonna listen to me about this but it if you can help it just wait it won't kill you to wait number three learn the principles of consent look them up you got google you got a phone very important go ahead learn <laughs> do this right and that's all i have to say to you about this subject <laughs> because i'm not gonna go too deep into it i'm really not i'm just not that person to talk to you about this subject <laughs> so but that's all i have for you um the next topic that follows through with what we just talked about is peer pressure and drugs so let's go over let's go over peer pressure peer pressure is the influence from your friends or members of one's group like they influence you to do certain things that you're not comfortable with and my thing is if it doesn't feel right don't do it if you're uncomfortable let them know if if they keep pushing you to do whatever action maybe you should find a better friend group that's just what it is but now we're about to get a a bit personal i'm going to talk about my introduction into the world of drugs just to let the audience know i was very ignorant and unknowledgeable about drugs like i thought cigarettes was the hardest drug to exist and now it's just like a an addictive cancer stick don't smoke cigarettes it doesn't really do anything for you i'd rather you get on some cbd than nicotine just saying or just don't get on anything i was introduced to weed by an old friend that same summer i remember being so nervous to try it out i legit thought that shit was going to kill me like listen my mom used to tell me that all drugs kill at a young age (laughs) like that's what she told me at one point i really thought like a ibuprofen pill would kill me at one point (laughs) I want to just clarify something real quick. This was a big decision for me, but nobody made me do it. That day I felt a deep inner sadness that I can't recall today, but I was sad and I just remember it being depressing and it was my choice. And I took a hit of this fat behind blunt that my friend rolled within 50 seconds. What happened next? (laughs) I took one hit and I choked. I fucking choked. I couldn't breathe. I swear I thought that was it. A couple of minutes of my friends laughing at me. Choking on pure gas later. I went to get some food. And and went back to chill at my homie's house. When we got back to his place, it started to hit. Like my eyes became low and my breathing started becoming loud. I was so hungry and I couldn't sit down straight for nothing everything was funny to me i remember someone turned on the blender and i giggled like the blender told me a joke or some shit after all that laughing and bullshit i was i was the first one to fall asleep that was the worst part of it all while i was out they put a crystal slider on my chest and a wine bottle in my hand and one of them had the audacity to send that picture to my mom what an asshole good thing my mom thought it was a joke i'm lucky i didn't get yelled at because one i didn't come home last night 
because I stayed over there. Number two, that picture. <laughs> Number three, the most important one out of all these was I didn't tell them where I was going. And it's important to tell your family where you will be going and where you're going to be at. So, yeah, I was very... Yeah, my, my communication skills were lacking. <laughs> I'm just glad she had a um, good sense of humor. I, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I was counting my days as I was walking home. I really thought that that was it for me. My mom never put her hands on me before, but I feel like if she did, that's it. Set up my funeral. I came home, and she was in a good mood for whatever reason. I took that and ran with it, but after that, I, I didn't smoke again because... I didn't like not being in control. I wasn't worried too much about alcohol either because when I was 14, I took the wrong cup at the family party and had some weird rum, vodka, juice mixture that tasted like straight ass. Yeah, I ended up throwing up at that party. It was terrible. Not a good experience for a 14-year-old. But yeah, the rest of my high school years, I was a drug-free t-shirt-wearing kid. (laughs) I really didn't fuck with drugs or alcohol. My experiences with drugs and alcohol sucked, so I just stayed away from them as much as I could. But it wasn't that easy because it was everywhere at one point. And it wasn't just weed, but other drugs too. You wouldn't believe the hard drugs that high schoolers have access to. I'm not even going to name them all, but just know I seen a syringe and I was like... Thanks for the invite, but sadly, (laughs) I have to get going home now. See you Monday. I gotta gotta dip. My bad, you know, folks is calling me. I'm not gonna jeopardize my life over a party like this. Straight up, shit like that never ends up in a happy ending. I'm just glad I had very good self-control, you know? I, I knew when to say no and how to say it. Because I wasn't just disrespectfully telling people to fuck off, but... Although I was sort of an asshole back then, but I wasn't... An asshole asshole. (laughs) You know. But what shortly came after all of this was worse than drugs and alcohol to me. And that was, uh... Depression. I couldn't really tell you... Why I was depressed. It was... A lot of things at once, like expectations, uh, validation that I wasn't receiving. Um, uh, Some of the teachers at my school, they weren't terrible, but they definitely like made me care less and less about doing life, (laughs) if that makes sense. I started skipping school a lot. I was too depressed to even come to class. And... I started getting angry a lot and I know every guy has anger issues and that's the truth every guy does have anger issues around this age some people still do I don't know how some people really do struggle with anger and that's it's tough but what I did to counter all this sadness and depression was I kept trying to hang out with my friends every weekend or after school. Like, just know most of my friends were seniors when I was a junior. So I used to um, skip class just to hang out with them. 
but uh, you guys have no idea how many times I've skipped school. Like, I'm surprised I didn't fail that many classes. Like, I think I failed two classes in my whole life, and then I give up on the rest. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I was, I just felt like um, I had no motivation, and now I'm still going through the same stuff I've been going through, but now I'm, I'm, I'm going through it emotionally, and it, it hurt because, you know, I thought I was free from all this, but it, it takes time to heal. It really does take time to heal. Nothing, nothing happens overnight. I feel like serotonin was my drug. <laughs> like, I, um, wasn't, I wasn't abusing drugs and I wasn't abusing alcohol. And I don't even think I tried alcohol other than the night when I was 14 or at a party at my friend's house when I think we were all just getting out of high school. Or maybe it was like senior year or so. I'm not sure. But it was around that time. So maybe when I was like 17, 18 years old. Around that time. So basically I didn't have like a like a stress relief. I think dancing was the most stress relieving action that I did because well well first of all I was trash in in high school but at least I practiced but even when I was doing dancing it it also came with consequences that I didn't know about and this you know this isn't something very relatable but my family was somehow really against me dancing I guess they just wanted me to focus on other things. They didn't really care about me dancing like that. So, and I'm pretty sure they still don't give a fuck. But to be honest, I don't really need their approval or anything either. So it's one of those it is what it is moments. But I started dancing around the eighth grade. Around that time, I took a hip hop class from the YMCA and you know first I was like hip hop teacher at a YMCA gotta be the most trash teacher in the world but ended up to be a substitute of the people that actually teach but a substitute that was actually a legit breaker and I'm not gonna say his name but as soon as I seen him get down I remember when I was in New York in the subways and I seen people doing like the most craziest acrobatic stuff but I didn't know it was breaking I seen him do the same thing and he explained to me what he was doing after he taught the class and stuff and I just remember I was like I want to do that stuff that stuff looks cool um but life is um very cruel you know um nothing's easy you can't just learn things like that so let me tell you this i learned a baby freeze and i thought it was a shit that day you know but my wrists were in so much acting like 
when you learn freezes for the first time and doing footwork and stuff, your wrist just burn, man. So I was like, man, is there anything else I can learn? Because <laughs> cause this is already messing me up. But I didn't give up. I was just wondering if there's anything else. And the next thing I learned was tutting. So tutting was uh was so such an intricate thing to do and I think we I think an old friend of mine introduced me to this and it's because of him that I got to meet people from like this group called Unified so but he has a character introduction so you'll hear more about that story when I go ahead and record his his um introduction but Going back to dance, I think tutting and breaking were the only things I knew in middle school, and, and like I didn't really learn much, or obviously I didn't have a good phone or a laptop of my own personal use. So, and back then, uh, dancing videos and tutorials were scarce, <laughs> and you just had to go out there and find people to teach you and whatnot. But after a while, I decided to figure out, you know. How to connect with people, you know, which um, started kind of like me learning how to communicate better with others. You know, I wanted to, wanted to learn more. I was hungry. Uh, I didn't care what people thought about me. I used to practice in the cafeteria before, like very early in the cafeteria, before the kids would come in, wait f- for a bit, and then they would go to class. So just before that bell rang. I'll be practicing, or I have a speaker or headphones on. I used to mess up so many headphones. But yeah, I, I would continue practicing wherever I went, honestly. Some friends' places, I, wherever I had the chance, I just wanted to get good because I was so trash. And and I wasn't talented, guys. I was um very garbage-like. I had to work for what I have now. I wasn't naturally talented. I had to, had to work for this, you know? But... It all it all worked out, I think, because dance gave me so much happiness, and it's all I really wanted at the time was, you know, something to smile about, something to be proud of myself. Although, you know, not a lot of people supported me, and I got made fun of now and then, but I didn't really care because I sacrificed everybody liking me for this for this art, you know, because. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you that dance saved my life, but in in a way, it definitely guided me to a better direction than where I was eventually going. Like, I always look back at when I started dancing to now, and I'm like, so much hours, so much time, patience, hard work, and dexterity. Like, oh my gosh, like, like if you were to tell me. Or if you were to ask me if I want to do this all over again from scratch, I'd be like, hell no, because it was, it was so hard already doing it. It was so hard. And people think it's, it's like, man, you make this stuff look easy, but it's not, you know, it's really not. And everybody's capable of doing things now, but I feel like the new generation takes the easy way out now, and especially with these TikTok dances. In social media platforms as well where 
you just make a small choreography piece and it's uh good enough for the world i guess because i feel like they're getting more they're getting more views and popularity than the real dancers these days i don't know how one white girl on a on a tiktok platform can swoon millions of people and I see like my friends that work so hard for what they've done and they are they're such winners in life that I, I feel sad because I'm like man they deserve that like they're deserving of, of this you know they deserve that shine and I know they're gonna get it eventually it just takes time and it's one of the hardest things to do I'm not saying that everybody can be successful during dance because that's a it's a hard bargain guys like being successful in dance is very hard but I'm gonna do it because I, I care about it you know but I'm just saying I'm not here to tell you not to do it or not to try I'm just here to tell you that I myself know it it's super hard to do but I'm still going for it you know and you know I'm, I'm just working hard now because well i'm not going to be wanting to do this shit when i'm like 35 <laughs> like you guys gotta know this is like a sport like we get old we're not going to be in the same form anymore you know <laughs> although i praise the dancers that are 30 and still killing it but i'm not going to be doing this when i'm 35 guys <laughs> like you know you guys might as well write this down retirement 35 boom Oh yeah, I also wanted to state this out. Dance is such a hard thing to keep up with because, well, if you think about it like this, I've only gotten like three dance injuries and a lot more injuries outside of dance. But other than that, it's possibility, depending on what style you do, but a lot of styles will get you, get you fucked up. <laughs> like, um, you gotta be careful. You gotta, you really gotta be careful. You gotta watch yourself. You gotta stretch. You gotta take care of yourself. You gotta condition yourself well, because well, you're not gonna be out here dancing with a full ass injury, you know. Like right now, I'm just now getting off my my foot injury. So slowly but surely, I can't do any crazy stuff, but so far, it's it's working. Like I I just went to this hip hop festival the other um. I'm acting like this was like weeks ago but this was literally last Saturday and you know I, I went I went hard but also like I, I had to I had the brace on and made sure because I'm not messing myself up and, and just think about it like this dances in my whole life so I have a lot of stuff to do and if I break something or I injure myself even further that stuff is taken away from me so easily because I have to sit home and, and heal and that's one of the most depressing things a dancer can go through because I just want to go and practice. I just want to go session with my friends. I, I just want to go get better. I just want to go make these concept videos. I just want to go like learn. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, deep. well, what I'm trying to say is take care of your body. No, seriously. Take care of your body because, well, you got to take care of yourself. Like, that's just point blank simple. Take care of yourself. 
Welp, I only got two minutes, so I'm gonna just recap everything real quick and mostly tell you the lessons I've learned from this. And number one, uh, don't take anyone's advice, guys. Really don't. Um, you're taking advice from wrong people sometimes because the truth is they're talking like they know what you're going through, and not everybody knows what you're going through, and not everyone's advice fits your life. Uh, it's hard to say this, but life is hard. But you got to figure out your own way of doing things. Be more independent. You know. Another big lesson is self-control. You're in control of what you do. I know peer pressure is tough, but you are your own person. You decide what happens in your life. I know some things can't be helped, but you can decide whether or not to be in bad situations or not. You guide your own life okay don't there might be a little stops and gaps but don't let that stop you so yeah i'm gonna cut it off right here but i just want to let you guys know that there will be a part three and part three will basically include every lesson and everything i've learned up to this point and how everything comes together at the end of the story because you know, my origin story is, is all over the place, but it makes sense because it very it very much defines who I am at the end of it all. So yeah, stay tuned for the last part, part three, next week, Tuesday, 6 p.m. We're going to keep it that way. And appreciate everybody for tuning in. And, and I'm just going to give you a little cookie. If you think you have it rough, go read some history books, and I'm pretty sure that's going to change your mind completely. No, I'm serious. Go go, go read something. Like, read an article, please, because um, it will definitely give you something to be grateful about. Just, just letting you guys know right now. Go do that. I'm so serious. Go, go, go right now. Look up something. It's, um, you have it better than you think you have it. But all right. Tune in to next week. Peace out, guys.